Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Robbie Show. This is season two. It is 2024, and we uh, started this little podcast in 2023 just as an experiment, interviewed some friends, talked about a few topics, and it has kind of developed into a uh, weekly or monthly little podcast uh, that just deals with things I walk through in my life and that my friends walk through. We talk about music. We talk about faith. We drink coffee uh, or tea or whatever your beverage of choice, and we just talk about uh, life. And sometimes it gets over into the tough topics. So if you would like a topic discussed, uh, go to the Q&A messages here on Spotify, go to show notes on Apple Podcasts, or go to our website, messages there, robbymyrick.com, R-O-B-B-Y-M-Y-R-I-C-K.com. If you'd like to sponsor the show and uh, promote your business, your cause, your mission, click on the sponsor button and let us know how we can help you. And we would love to talk to you on our show as well. All right, let's dive in. Have a great day. See you on The Robbie Show. Dan, you and I go back a little ways. Uh, first of all, let me say welcome, everybody, to The Robbie Show. We started this little podcast about a year ago now, a little, little under a year ago, and we started with the intention of just uh, talking about things that affect my life, people I know, friends of mine, music-related issues, uh, faith religion, things of that nature, arts, and and uh, things that have to do with the creative arts. And um, so that was the intention of our show to begin with. And it's kind of expanded, and I've invited friends on the show to share their stories. And so today, our very special guest is my good friend, Dan Beerworth, now from North Alabama. <laughs> yes. So well, welcome, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Robbie. It is great to be on your podcast and uh, just appreciate you inviting me and uh, just a great time to uh, catch up and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully uh, have something positive to uh, put into the show today. Absolutely. I believe you will have. And as we've chatted a little bit in the last few weeks and a couple of months, uh, you and I, met each other let me kind of back up a little and and um i'm i'm thinking if i recall we met through center point church i guess back in ocean springs unless we met earlier and i'm forgetting that well i know we definitely met through center point but where we at uh you and i drove a school bus for a while right yeah that's right we drove school buses together at pascagoula gauche school district um Wonderful adventures there. I had driven buses for about 25 years prior to that with churches and um, youth groups. And then I kept my CDL license. And actually, you know, now that I I recall, my first job outside of high school, I I worked a little bit for Sears in our hometown. And then they needed bus drivers. They're always needing bus drivers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so at at 19 years old, I got my CDL there at Pascagoula, started driving a, a route, a little bus route, and then yep. it kind of went went from there, you know. So yeah, we we drove school buses together. That's right. Me, I was uh, transitioning from Florida to South Mississippi, 
And mm-hmm. I'd been in ministry for several years, and I didn't feel like the Lord was calling me to jump right back into ministry immediately. So I yeah. thought, well, how can I best serve my community? And driving a bus, and uh, it was really interesting getting to know the kids and uh, really making some positive impacts there. Although, mm-hmm. of course, they drove us crazy many days, right? Woo! My Woo! goodness. Absolutely. <laughs> we'd see them in the grocery store or whatever, and they'd always say, hey, hey, Mr. Robbie, hey, Mr. Dan, and they'd, yeah. they'd want to introduce you to their parents and stuff. So we made we made an impact. Man, and what a what just a uh what a wonderful opportunity really to um you know to to get to know kids, get to know their families. Um I I think you and I shared, you know really coming from church and ministry background, we sort of felt the whole time that we were driving those buses that, you know, we just knew every day, our motto kind of at the, at the uh, district was, you know, our our supervisors and our directors all uh, encouraged all of us to, you know, you're the first, you're the first educator that the kids are going to meet in the morning, you know, six o'clock in the morning when they get on the bus. So we kind of had that mindset of educators not just bus drivers. Yes, and that was huge and uh, had just an excellent leadership staff, which encouraged us in that direction. And it really made a difference because you weren't just uh, getting a kid from point A to point B. You were actually uh, ministering to them in one way or another. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, the beautiful part of that that we shared during those years, we uh had some opportunities, I think, to touch some lives of kids and their families. And that's, that's just really, that that's what I enjoyed about that. So we enjoyed bus driving a little bit. You and I had a, a, a few theology and, and church related discussions from time to time uh, between bus, bus stops and between shifts. Um, tell me a little bit about the Florida background, kind of where did it all begin for, Dan Beerworth Ministries. I worked in the uh, in the uh, workaday world, if you want to call it that, uh, yeah. for several years. I didn't actually go into ministry until I was in my 30s, and Lord opened the doors for me to go to Bible college and then go on staff at a church called Calvary Chapel Worship Center. And I became one of four associate pastors at a church that uh, grew quite large and had some phenomenal ministry opportunities there for 10 years. And then with my pastor's blessing, we moved uh, up to the next county north of us and planted a church. So my wife and I were the founders and pioneers, and Lord allowed me to be the lead pastor there for seven years. And that was when we moved out to South Mississippi. Uh, so that's a short synopsis and, and uh, you know, where, where we started and where it all began. So your background in church ministry down in Florida and then through some of those transitions, uh, those were those Baptist churches, if I recall, or were they other denominational type churches? They were actually non-denominational churches. Yeah. And so, you know, we've had some discussions about the different denominations. You and I shared, uh, I think, sometime uh, from time to time. I grew up Baptist in the Mississippi area. My dad was a missionary or fundamental Baptist, they would call it. 
And, and then from that, I married a girl that was a Southern Baptist, deacon's daughter. And we spent time in Southern Baptist churches together. And then from that Baptist world, I kind of transitioned over into non-denominational, interdenominational work. So I kind of understood a little bit about your background from that experience of mine. What have you found through your years in non-denominational or interdenominational ministry? What are the what are the positives, the pros of that type of structure? And maybe what are some of the negatives or the or the cons? Just to uh back up and I'll excellent question. I'll answer that in just a second. But uh, I think what you're remembering as far as the Baptist background, I did grow up, you know, from early age till till I was about 13 years old. My mom had us at the Baptist church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, the whole yeah. the whole thing. So definitely understand uh as a child the denominational background and then yeah. uh I actually did 13 years as a prodigal child out there in the world. And it's when I was wow. 27 years old that I came back to the Lord. And uh, first church was a uh, Christian missionary alliance. And then after that, it's been uh, non-denominational, interdenominational uh, churches. So uh, one thing different in the interdenominational, non-denominational churches is I found that the uh, leadership structure in a lot of cases gave the lead pastor a lot more freedom and liberty to uh, grab a hold of the vision of God for that particular church, that particular community. And it, he wasn't driven so much by a denominational, uh, this is the way we do things. Um, mm -hmm. They were all very fundamental in their Christian beliefs and very solid uh, but there was a real liberty to to allow the lead pastor and his his uh, staff to uh, really grab a hold of God's vision for the community and the local pe people. And when decisions were made, they could carry those out uh, very expeditiously. Yeah, I, I think we've seen that in you know my lifetime. Uh, I'm 60 this year, and you and I are near same age, I think, you know, and I've seen in my life growing up in the Baptist world as a Baptist preacher kid and then kind of transitioning, I've felt, I have front line felt that shift in, um, as you mentioned, you know, the, the pastoral capacity to make decisions and flow those decisions through uh, staff and eldership or leadership a little more expeditiously, like you said. Um, and that is a very positive thing in many ways because it gives the pastor and the elders and the leaders that that engine, so to speak, to move things along at a good steady pace, not get bogged down on too many um, minor issues uh, that, that might keep things from growing at a pace they should. Um, what do you think maybe are some of the disadvantages uh, that pastors may face as an kind of an independent, but maybe networked type uh, interdenominational pastor? What, what maybe has been your experience that or maybe challenges that those pastors would face? I think one of the big challenges is to uh, find your uh, accountability group, your support group, your leadership group. Uh, you have to be more intentional about going out 
and making sure you're finding the people who will be there for you, pray for you. I think in the denominational ministry, you have a structure um, that, you know, you have people in the uh, head office and uh, connections uh, that, you know, I think you still have to work at that, but I think it's mm -hmm. more readily available uh, to have that uh, connection and that uh, a group of people you can turn to, whether it's a crisis or you need wisdom. Uh, so I would say for the non-denominational churches, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with other pastors, other leaders, people who can speak into your life and people that you can, uh, you know, they can pray for you, encourage you. And, uh, you know, just just be there as a friend, because as a pastor, you can't always just go talk to anybody and everybody in your church about mm. issues or problems or personal mm. struggles. So you need yeah. you have to have somebody outside the church that you can uh, talk to and, and relate to. That's right. So that accountability structure you mentioned and that. I think in the denominational, maybe Methodist world, I hear the word presbytery, that we don't use that word a lot out in the interdenominational world, but that, that, that accountability structure, like you said, um, had, what has been your experience when pastors or churches may face, you know, conflicts or divisions or challenges that that would be it would be helpful for accountability to come in for eldership or presbytery to to come in and help that pastor or that church with you know maybe a difficult situation it could be a a financial issue it could be a, you know an image issue that's going on because of possibly some moral issues within the staff what has been your experience for the with the churches that have have come through that well they've been accountable they've held accountability and they've processed that what do you think has helped churches that have done well you know i guess i've uh, been really blessed to be a part of churches that really have not faced a lot of that so i may not be the best person to answer yeah. that as well a, that's a good that's a good young, point what do you what do you young, think as a young Baptist, uh, you know, I was still a kid, so I really didn't know or understand anything that may or may not have been going on. Yeah. Uh, but as an adult and being in the, in the non-denominational churches, um, I really didn't see a whole lot of, uh, of that going yeah. on in, in those churches. Mm -hmm. Not to say it doesn't happen, but by the grace mm -hmm. of God, it's, it's, uh, the ones that I were in had a healthy leadership structure and they kept themselves mm -hmm. accountable and yeah. uh, things, things actually went pretty smoothly. Right. So now how did you and Miss Robin meet and how long have you been married? How, how has family life played out in your ministry? So Robin and I met, I was in the Air Force station at Wordsmith Air Force Base in Michigan, and mm -hmm. a friend of mine came. It's basically a he called barracks, but it was a dorm room, big three-story mm -hmm. dorm room. And friend said, "Hey, you wanna go roller skating?" Roller rink was five-minute walk from where we were, and I, you know, wasn't a great big roller skater, but so 
I went there. They did this thing called the uh, snowball. And <laughs> the guy, the, the DJ, he says, okay, we're going to have everybody clear the ring. Two people, man and woman, get out there, and they're going to skate. They play music for about 30 seconds, and then they split off, right? And then they pick two more people, and two, and then there's a snowball. And out of about 100 people there that night, Robin picked me out of them all. And came uh... up. <laughs> all right. And we have, uh, yeah, and four months later, we walked down the aisle and said, I do. Wow. And it's been 46 years now. Wow. So, yeah, we're going on our 46 year of marriage this year. Good decision. Good decision. Right? <laughs> and here's the kicker. That was April 1st when we first met. Wow. So, I guess the April Fools was I really wasn't that much into roller skating, and she was. That's right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I tell you, for any marriage to make it, good gracious, in this day and time, if you can make it to 10 years, in some cases, that's a landmark. But to 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 get to the 40-something year mark, uh, Cheryl and I are coming up on 40, and we're Wonderful. so excited about that. And So um, now I know that, you know, kids and uh, family have been in your life that kind of will move us a little bit more into sort of really where your ministry kind of I believe has blossomed tell us a little bit about you know your family children maybe how God has used your family scenarios and situations I know not all of that's always been uh, you know better roses there maybe have been some difficulties along the way what's God done through your family to kind of bring to the forefront what's become now your ministry well, back in the year 2000, my son Rick was in Venezuela on a uh, medium-term mission trip, and they were traveling overnight to another location, and it was quite a long trip. And the next day, uh, about midday, I believe it was, we believe the bus driver uh, fell asleep at the wheel and the bus rolled down a 30-foot embankment. Rick was thrown out of the bus, and uh, just long story short, he ended up paralyzed from the waist down. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, uh, I mean, that was really intense. Robin had a passport, and I didn't, so she flew down there. She's also an RN, so she flew down there to help take care of him and, you know, check on him. I'm mm -hmm. back at the house uh, just, you know, I was staying strong, but now there was nobody to stay strong for. And I'm crying out to the Lord and praying. And at that point, we didn't know the full extent of his injuries. And uh, I wasn't sure, you know, if Robin was safe. And I'm crying out to the Lord in intense prayer. And I'm down on my knees. I'm down on my face and just really, really, really crying out to the Lord. And in the middle of all the pain and anguish, the Lord whispered into my spirit. It wasn't audible, but it was like he spoke to me directly. He said, Dan, this is how I felt when they crucified my son, when they beat him, when they mistreated him. This is how I felt. This is the pain I felt when they did that to my son. And Robbie, at that moment in time, everything just went quiet. 
I went still. It's like you just turned a switch. And I sat there in total amazement that I had mm -hmm. just connected with Father God on such a deep, intimate, personal level. And li it literally left me speechless and breathless and uh, just just in awe that I had actually experienced God on that level. So it was uh, wow. really quite powerful. Wow. Well, we're going to go to a break and uh, we're going to hear from one of our sponsors. And in our next segment, Dan, I want you to kind of pick up there and let's kind of move into from that scenario of what happened to Rick, how God spoke to you and how that has turned into now. Um, after you and I've reconnected, I've discovered that you've got a brand new book that's just released called Live Loved. And the subtitle would be The Father's Love. So I want to talk about that book and where that came from out of your heart. Of course, I'm sure Rick's story played into that. And I've read a, a little bit of the, the first few few segments. So we're going to talk about that when we come back off the break. But uh, let's, uh, let's go to a break and we'll hear from our sponsors. And then we'll come right back and we'll talk to Dan Beerworth. You want to go out to his website. Dan, where, how can we reach you uh, on the web and the social media? Uh, the website is letsliveloved.org. There's no apostrophe, of course, but letsliveloved.org. Or you can go to Facebook to uh, Let's Live Loved and just look it up on Facebook as well. So that's... Awesome. So Got a domain name. We've got a Facebook page. So all the good, all the social stuff is coming together. Well, folks, we're going to take a break. We'll hear from our sponsors and we're going to come right back. Thank you for joining us today on the Robbie show. And we'll be right back with Dan Beerworth, our special guest. We'll see you in a minute. Hey, y'all, this is Robbie. We want to thank Musicality Studios, located in Gardendale and Summerton, Alabama, for their support of The Robbie Show. At Musicality, we believe everyone has a sound that the world needs to hear, and it's our job and our joy to help you find, develop, and release your sound to the world. For more information, go to our website, musicalitystudio.com, musicalitystudio.com, or just click on the show notes here for more information about Musicality. Thanks to Musicality for your support. Well, thank you for joining us back here on the Robbie Show. Uh, today's guest is Dan Beerworth of Dan Beerworth Ministries. And as we mentioned in the first segment, Dan has uh, just a fascinating background in church ministry and uh, ministry to interdenominational, with interdenominational churches. He and Robin have been together for more than 40 years and uh, they uh, have together now, Dan's written uh, a new book entitled Lived, I'm sorry, Live Loved, subtitled The Father's Love. And uh, Dan, you mentioned earlier in the first segment how we could get information about the book. If you don't mind, if you'll just repeat that again so that our listeners that may be joining us on the second segment will know how to reach you and uh, find out more. Yes, um, if you go to Let's Live Loved dot org and let's live loved on the facebook page 
uh, either of those will get you there. You can also go to danielbeerworthministries.org. So either one of those will get you there. Uh, Beerworth, right. Beerworth is a tricky name. It's spelled B as in yeah. boy, A-E-R-W-O-R-T-H. So, yeah, Great. And of course, we will link all of that information in the show notes as well. So if uh, if you want to rewind, fine, or if you want to go re-listen, fine. We'll have those links to Dan Beerworth's ministry and also to the uh, book and the resources that come with the book at letsliveloved.org. And um, Dan, you were talking earlier about the uh, situation that Rick faced. If you will kind of recap that and then from there, talk about what God's done with your ministry and how the book came about through that hearing from God episode. Absolutely, yes. When I was on my face crying out to God and he spoke into my spirit and said, Dan, this is how I felt when they beat and tortured and crucified my son. Uh, it's just an amazing connection with God. And uh, from that point forward, I think I've been on a pursuit to uh, really draw closer to the Father heart of God. And the book is about drawing closer to the Father heart of God. I talk about unlocking the transformative power of God's unconditional love. And for many of us, some of us had great parents, some of us had pretty good parents, some of us didn't have such good parents. But whatever the father or father figure growing up, that can influence how we connect with and relate with our Heavenly Father. And in my generation, many people came up with fathers who were pretty old school, kind of tough, kind of hard, <laughs> but the quote unquote fear of God in you. And mm -hmm. uh, through my pursuit to the father heart of God, I found that fear uh, is is not a good foundation for a relationship. And as I studied scripture and dug deeper into the love and grace and unconditional love of God, uh, in 1 John 5, it says, perfect love drives out fear. So God's perfect love will drive, drive out the unhealthy, ungodly fears that the enemy wants mm -hmm. to use to keep us from really drawing close to that loving, kind uh, heart of Father God. And, and what I've found is this transition has taken place in my life. Uh, not only have I drawn closer to God, but God's Father, loving, caring heart has flown through me to my wife, to my family, to my grandchildren, to others. So uh, what I used to try to produce in my own strength and ability to be a, a good Christian and a, a good person, uh, which can, by the way, be really exhausting. Mm. Now, yes, I've, I've taken and replaced some of those old father images and father ways of thinking and replaced it with a God who loves me. Bible says God is love. And when we connect to his heart of love, it really changes uh, how we interact, not only with God, uh, with others, but also with ourselves. One of, my, one of the scriptures that fascinated me early on was uh, one of the people 
in Jesus's day, ask him, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, the second is like it, to love others as yourself. And that really made me think, okay, well, if we're to love others as ourselves, how good am I loving myself? Mm, and if I good. see, right? And if I see God as an authoritarian, I'm going to strike you dead, don't mess up, eyes furrowed, you know, brow, you know, sitting there just looking for the next time we mess up. If that's our mentality of God, then our loving ourselves is going to be kind of hard to do. Don't you yeah. think, Robbie? Absolutely. I remember one of my pastors that uh, I come from a small town. I'm a country bumpkin, my wife says. <laughs> I remember one of my country pastors used to, he would say that he uh, used to think that God would just burn you to a crispy critter. He would just send lightning down and zap you and turn you into a crispy critter if you made one mistake, you know. And you're so right, Dan. Once we come to that full understanding of grace and the love that's behind that grace, um, that gives us, and you said it right, those of us that came up in that era where our dads were tough and there were, my, my dad grew up on a farm. His dad uh, and grandfather were farming men. They were tough guys. Uh, they loved and they were loving in their heart and in their will. They, they were doing what they were doing to show their family and to provide for their family and, and, and let them know they're loved. But in their relational, you know, affectionate uh, patterns, they just didn't have that equipping. And so their demeanor came off sometimes a little bit gruff or a little bit short handed or short tempered. So many of my friends that I grew up with in the sixties and seventies that were children of maybe military dads and granddads or farming or blue collar labor dads, you know, hardworking men, they just didn't have that. They couldn't fathom how that God as that authority figure, like you said, could, could possibly be so caring and compassionate and affectionate that they didn't have to fear that we didn't have to fear, you know, being zapped to a crispy critter. <laughs> That's a fascinating concept. It is absolutely fascinating, and a couple of verses that uh, really brought this home to me in First Thessalonians 5, I believe it's verse 9, it says, God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our mm -hmm. Lord Jesus Christ. So that was huge in helping me to yeah. say, okay, God's not busy it's not his wrath. And then uh, another favorite, Robbie, is uh, Romans 2, 4. And mm -hmm. it talks about how God's kindness, how God operates in kindness, tolerance, and patience. And it's, mm -hmm. it goes on to say it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Not his wrath, not his mm -hmm. anger. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So that mm. was a huge turning point for me to begin to see God as a kind and loving God and that I wasn't under his wrath. I'm under his grace mm. and that uh, I'm one of his children and I can call him Abba, Papa, Daddy, Father God. Mm. Obviously, in all respect and honor that's due his name, 
But one thing God did for me, Robbie, is he invited me to crawl up in his lap and sit in his lap and receive Father God hugs. Mm-hmm. And as I and I, as I grew spiritually and emotionally, then I no longer, uh, sometimes I still do, but I no longer had to crawl up in his lap. I could walk yeah. up and reach out and give him a yeah. hug. And, and what's amazing about that, you know, when you've messed up, come on now, we've all done it. Mm-hmm. sin we failed i found that in the middle of me blowing it and failing failing when i feel like a worm and want to crawl under the bed <laughs> i can ask papa for a hug and he'll give me a biggest hug then is mm-hmm. when i'm all right and when he gives me that hug instead of beat myself up for the next two or three days or weeks or whatever uh, instead, his love transforms me, and uh, it, it's it's an amazing. Cause I, I did a great job of beating myself up in the past, but when right. I allow his his love and his hugs to come in, yeah, there's still a time of saying, "Father, I'm sorry I did that," yeah. but it's uh, it's not me me beating myself down or letting the enemy beat myself down. It's allowing God to clean me up and lift me back up and uh, set me on the right path so i love mm-hmm. the fact that uh he's not gunning for me he he's not mad at me he's madly in love with me mm, that's so good you know as you're as you're explaining that dan i you know i'm now working in the healthcare industry as we made the move to birmingham i i was able to get an opportunity with uab medicine i've enjoyed that path and i learned i'm learn i'm it's a fascinating world cuz i had some experience with healthcare in my previous work life but this is my first full-time venture uh, for the last several years and in that world uh, I'm working closely now with our, in our HR related departments, we have a wellness uh, department that is made up of a staff of doctors that help us as employees and faculty and staff with not just the university, but also the health systems and the faculty of doctors, nurses, providers. One of the things that our doctors there in that wellness center have been talking about, and many of them are professing Christians. Now we don't you know, boast of that. We don't blare that out and we don't make a big deal. And I happen to work in a really great department of great leaders that are Christian believers. And they, and even if they're not Christian faith, they still are positive and affirming. And we don't, we don't, uh, you know, we don't demean each other over, you know, political or religious beliefs, which I love about the diversity that's included at, at the UAB system. One of those physicians has talked recently, and and it just struck me as you were just talking about the father's love and understanding that you can crawl up in his lap. Uh, You can, those scriptures you just mentioned, I think it might be a good practice. It would be, I think, for me to to maybe list those particular scriptures you uh, you just mentioned. And what's called in the health industry through psychology and neurology and those fields, what's called self-talk that could be taken in several different ways, but I think it's important. I believe it could be important for us as believers in Christ and as Christians to kind of borrow from that concept, that practice, and maybe list those scriptures in a daily devotional manner or somewhere or sticky notes, whatever. And as you just mentioned and read those scriptures, 
I could remind myself every day when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm talking negatively about myself, I, I struggle with that. If I'm honest, if I'm transparent, I don't know why, because I never felt dis, you know, dishonored or, or condemned or condescended to. Um, now, I did come from a workaholic type family. I, granted, my dad was workaholic, and I think that led to some of his addictions and his faults and failures. But mom and I have had some good conversations after dad's passing about, you know, what is it in our family that maybe is a little bit of a, it's a trap door that we might fall into that would call us to not see ourselves as, as, as loved and as uh, grace uh, baptized, I guess is the word I'm looking for. How, what are some practices that I could use daily to remind myself Hey, God does love you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. What can I do to retrain my brain to think that every day? What's what do you what's a, your take on that? I think you're that's huge. What you said is take some scriptures and begin to write them down. You know, sticky notes on your mirror. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, you could take one of those little three, those little, you know, those little spiral binders are like a three by five car, but yeah. they got a, if you have a lot of windshield time, like I used to have, uh -huh. you can write, write those scriptures down. And as you're driving, you know, don't, don't get in a wreck, but glance at them. <laughs> you can actually be memorizing those scriptures as you're yeah. driving on the road. Um, mm. One thing I love to do is to pray, pray scripture guided prayers back yeah. to the Lord. And so over the years of oh, several scriptures that I've memorized have became have become a uh, a uh, prayer that I go through uh, frequently. And it, it really helps to reinforce, you know, the scriptures. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, absolutely what you said, write them down, uh, memorize them, mm -hmm. talk, self, self talk. I mean, what you're really doing is agreeing with God about yeah. what he are about you so that's right instead, instead of agreeing with the enemy instead of agreeing yeah naysayers instead of agreeing with that voice in your head that wants to say you're not enough you're going to agree with god who says you're my dearly loved lavishly loved child mm, that's so good man i tell you the revival kid in me is ready to run a lap right now <laughs> that's so good so dan i'll to close i want to move toward um again we want to know how to get in touch with you to get the book to get the resources um and then before we go there though i would like to maybe close this segment in this show today there may be somebody listening to us right now it could be live when we are published uh here in a few days or maybe it's a year or two from when we've recorded. God's God is timeless. He could work in time eternity. It doesn't matter what time stamp. What would you say to that person, man or woman or child, that has maybe let that negative, sinful, godless talk and image in their mind reinforce that I'm not loved. I couldn't possibly be loved. Maybe today someone's listening that has committed a sin, either a sin of, you know, they just missed the mark. They just, we didn't even know we were doing it. We just did the wrong thing. We missed the mark or we willfully transgressed or we even worse, 
we with iniquity in our heart, we 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 knew what we were doing and we meant to do it and we willfully did something wrong. What would you say to that person who's messed up and they feel because of this poor father figure mindset, God couldn't possibly love me. And I don't even know if I can believe there's a God. What would you say to that person that maybe is in that role today? And what could help them to take that first baby step to understand how to live loved in the father's love? Great, 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 great question. Um, one first, what I'd like to do, I'll answer it in two different uh, segments here. I have actually uh, gifts for listeners today. If they go to my website, letsliveLove.org, they'll get my Live Love three-day challenge, my Tragedy to Triumph, which is the first chapter of my book, talks about Rick and his story and the accident. And then it's my Do I Live Loved self-evaluation. So I think those tools could be a great help for our listeners. Um, and I would say also, when that person wants to begin to really wrap their mind around God's love, find, sometimes it's in the back of your Bible, sometimes you go online, but it's a, uh, oh, what's the right word? I know this, it has slipped my mind, but where it has each individual topic listed, mm, and it's, yeah. I've I'm sorry, but I'm drawing a blank on what it's called. You know, now. I'm thinking of the Bible app I use a lot, and you can kind of go to the resources there. And it's also probably at Bible Gateway. Give a little shout out right. to those two resources. But I think you can separate scriptures out by topic or theme or keyword. So Absolutely. there are a lot of tools that can do that. So I would suggest one thing is to uh, begin to look up everything the Bible says about love. Yeah. Everything is about forgiveness. And if you want to, you know, look at a certain, just say you want to look at the New Testament or, mm -hmm. or whatever you want to do. Book of John is great. First John, second John, third John. Uh, John's mm -hmm. called the apostle of love. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, with a short time we have left, John refers to himself five separate times in the book of John as the disciple whom Jesus loves. And, and I'm like, okay, now what did the other disciples think if they read his gospel? Wait a minute. He loved me. I, right? I was there. Well, who do you think you are? Yeah, the Peter's point, over, Peter's yeah, over the corner sharpening his axe. <laughs> exactly. But I think John was the disciple who first and foremost understood God's love. And so mm -hmm. begin to press in and begin to tell yourself, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved, that it's he loved. And just start telling yourself, I am the disciple Jesus loved. I'm the child Jesus loves. Um, and, and again, it goes back to that. What are you telling yourself? What are the tapes? And begin, uh, just search out everything on God's love and forgiveness and grace. Uh, because too often, if we're pre-wired pre in our brain that way, we're going to look at things that make us think, well, wrath and, and judgment and all of that. And I had to stop looking at that and go, wait a minute, mm -hmm. God's wrath is not for me. It says so right here. First Thessalonians mm -hmm. 5, 9. So anything that has to do with God's wrath doesn't apply to me. Mm -hmm. So That's good. it's God's grace that apply. You're his child. 
not one parent is going to put punishment or damage mm -hmm. or harm on their child to teach them a lesson. No parent in their right mind would do that to their child. God mm -hmm. does not does not make you sick. God does not cause you to have an accident to punish mm -hmm. you or to teach you a lesson. You would not do that to your children and mm -hmm. does not do that to you. So I I'm, I hope I'm answering the question. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's so excellent, excellent information today, Dan. And I'm just so excited to reconnect and to re refurb and reboot our friendship and uh before we go today if you will just cover once again how can we get in touch with you uh what resources are available and then um if you would i would like for you to close today with a prayer for those people that are listening so tell us how to get in touch with dan beerworth ministries and then uh, let's let's pray this show out today Yes, if you want to email me with additional questions or comments, just danielbeerworthministries at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to call me, I'll even put my phone number out there. I'd be happy to talk to you, 228-355-0841. Uh, again, the website, letsliveloved.org, Facebook, Let's Live Loved, and uh, no apostrophe. In mm -hmm. either of those, I believe. Now I'm mm -hmm. now I'm pushing myself. There might be apostrophe. In I don't think it is. I'm looking at it. I think you're right. Let's live love.org. Exactly right. I don't think there is because I wanted to make him consistent. So I left the uh -huh. apostrophe that you're word right. also. <laughs> That's right. Very good. Well, Dan, if you will, as we close today, um, if you feel led, uh, if you would just maybe pray for that person that's listening and just overwhelmed and God couldn't possibly love me. They're hearing that negative self-talk in their mind. Uh, pray, pray for us and pray for that person today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that we are indeed your lavishly loved, dearly loved children. Father, we pray for uh, each and every person who is struggling. Lord, maybe they've never uh, had a relationship with you and they're They've heard things that paint you in a bad light. I pray that the lies will be uh, removed, that you will reach in and touch that person and minister to their heart, take away their pain, take away their confusion, take away the condemnation and the guilt and the shame and give them uh, the sense of your love wrapping around them. Father, I pray that you will uh, just minister to each of us. Some of us grew up in a Christian home. Some of us uh, came to the Lord later, but we really, really pressed hard to, to, to press into you. And we found we always came up short and never measured up. And then Lord, just help us to get beyond trying to measure up and just start thanking you that you are the measure, not us, not our performance, but you, Jesus, you performed. You lived a righteous life. You died on a cross. You rose again. We thank you, God, that we don't have to produce our own righteousness, that you are our righteousness. So God, help us to live loved, live in peace and grace, and help us not just to live love, but to give love so that we can help transform the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That is so good, Dan. Thank you 
so much for being our guest today. I just love you and Robin and Rick and your family and I look forward to reconnecting more. We got to get together and uh, have a cup of coffee. Uh, recall those bus driving days. <laughs> and, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me as a guest yeah. on your show. I'm so excited to have you, and you're going to come back. We're going to have you come back again. And uh, folks, you know, you'll see the notes in the show notes today. Dan Beerworth, Daniel Beerworth Ministries dot uh, org. Let's Live Loved dot org, and Facebook uh, is up and running. So go check out the socials. We'll have all the links there in the show notes. Dan, thank you again for coming our way today and for being on the Robbie show. And uh, I just pray blessings on your ministry that God will just, just expand it way beyond anything you could have imagined. Thank you so much. and Love you and your family. All right, brother. We'll see you the next time. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the Robbie show today and uh, look forward to hearing from you. If you've got a story or a cause or a mission you would like to share with us, give us a shout out. Go to our website, RobbieMyrick.com. Go to our socials there on Facebook. We're on Instagram as well. And uh, God bless you today. And go get Dan Beerworth's book, letsliveloved.org. Well, thank you again for joining The Robbie Show. It's been great to have you come our way today. If you'd like more information about The Robbie Show or Robbie Myrick, go to our website, robbymyrick.com, R-O-B-B-Y-M-Y-R-I-C-K.com. You can access our blog. You can see our upcoming scheduled events. We love to play music. We love to come to churches and businesses and offer our stories, interview guests. If you'd like to sponsor The Robbie Show, please click on the sponsor link at the website. You'll see the different levels of sponsorship available. And if you'd like to be on The Robbie Show, let us know. We want to talk to you too and share your story. Thanks again. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.